Welcome to Decolonize to Thrive, a podcast dedicated to nourishing the soul through stimulating conversation, thought-provoking facts, and vulnerable exchange. Join me, your host, Ina Briggs, and my co-host, T. Lacey, as we disseminate what it means to decolonize the many facets of our lives. All right. Mm-hmm. So with with today's episode being a little bit different, um, first thing I want to say is uh, it's been six months already, um, and that six months has really kind of flown by. Um, I'm grateful for all the, you know, energy, the feedback, the positivity that I've received from so many different people and just the conversations I've been able to have through the podcast, um, outside of the podcast, about the podcast. It's been such a personal journey of learning and exploration in ways that I didn't anticipate. So when I came up with the idea to do it, it was really just supposed to be about learning. Like, what is this thing called decolonization? What does it mean? How do we do it? Is it possible? Um, what are the benefits? What are the drawbacks? And I kind of talked about that in my first episode. Um, so throughout the past six months or so, we've heard from educators, founders, coaches, political figures, students, artists, authors, therapists, um, really everyday people who are doing meaningful and powerful work. Uh, with influence in their respective spaces. And all of the conversations have been super important and enlightening for me. So I just want to start off with just stating that and showing so much gratitude to all of the guests yeah. who have given us their time, their energy, their thoughts up to this point. It's been yes. really powerful. Absolutely. I mean, honestly, when you asked me to do this podcast, if I had known that I would have to also go on a, uh, you know, deep introspective. I don't know if I would have said yes. (laughs) (laughs) And yet here I am. And I find myself doing a deep introspective because like, we're talking about the real shit. And um, I think that like, you know, it, it rightfully touches on all of us in some ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I mean, honestly, like, like it changes how you look at things. It does. It absolutely does. I agree. Um, and what I want to say is that I've learned several things. Uh, one, I think this conversation is an important conversation. Anything oh, yeah. around um, anti-colonial efforts, yes. uh, colonization, you know, understanding yes. and exploring identity. These are conversations that are really important. These are the conversations I want to be having. And I think um, they're also really timely, right? Like, oh, yes. With, I mean, just King Charles got anointed or whatever the other day. So the right. co- the questions of colonialism, the question of history, mm. the questions of like looking the past in the face and reckoning with it right. in the present is super duper relevant. We're yes. actively doing that work. And like the fact that the UK is making laws that people can't protest against the monarchy, right? Like mm. this is the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So while we're having these conversations, it's so important to be aware of the fact that we have access to so much information now. Totally, yeah. And some of that information is helpful, of course. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that information is just- Miss. Misinformation, (laughs) um, harmful. um, And Mm -hmm. if we're not cognizant of uh, really getting into like the truth, 
um, it's it's easy to kind of believe things that um, are not in our best interest. So absolutely, you're absolutely right. I think um, that is the, one of the reasons why I think this conversation is important. Mm-hmm. Um, but what surprises me so far is like, as much as this podcast was supposed to be an exploration of what the term decolonization means, it hasn't really proven to be that for me. It, it has actually been more of um, bringing to my own personal awareness the power of one intention, um, two community. Yeah, I would say um, dialogue. You know, just yeah. discussion and language. Um, and I, you know, I'm pleasantly surprised with those newfound, I would say, understandings. Um, yeah, though those were not what I intended, you know, to get from the podcast. So through like the unique life experiences of all of the guests that have shared with us, uh, whether it's through their purpose work, their organizations, um, and even listener reflections and feedback, like people who have written in or sent me emails or texts about some of the feedback from the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. I've learned a lot more about just how important it is to be in community with each other, how important it is to connect with people and, yeah. you know, open up space for vulnerability. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I, then it I is really, about decolonizing. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about this and I think, and I am really grateful that we've had the, ch- the chances to talk to the people that we have who have mm-hmm. like, been able to like shape our thoughts. But yeah. in a lot of ways, I feel like we've been talking about liberation a yes. lot. Right. Yes. Like, like these are like everything about confronting the past, everything about forming it in the future, about thinking about it in the present. Right. All mm-hmm. of these are about like, how do we liberate ourselves and how do we like separate what we really are, what we really should be doing, who we are together mm-hmm. from what people have told us that we are and what That's people right. have told us that we should be doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I think every day I come more and more into contact with the things that like, whiteness generally values versus the things that actually make sense to value you know and I and I think thinking about decolonization work thinking about liberatory work thinking about anything that involves confronting and reconstructing Mm -hmm. the past into the future like I think all of that is is the thing that we need to be doing and I think it the more I think about it it changes how I look at my life yeah I think that's so important I'm glad you shared that I agree um, so as we get ready to talk about like some of our takeaways, um, I just wanted to, to start off with that. I, I want to share in today's conversation, just why I think the conversation is important, even though the podcast mm-hmm. is going to take a little bit of a turn as we move forward. Um, and then how I would ultimately describe decolonization now that I've had a chance to talk to several different people and to reflect and do my own research. Um, on what it really means to me. I, I, I want to kind of wrap up with that. Uh, so I'll I'll open up the floor, T. I don't know if you have something you want to share first, just in terms of like a major takeaway from uh, what you've been able to take away from the podcast. Um, I think my first major takeaway that I didn't necessarily realize that decolonization was about that I'm really pleasantly surprised to know is a lot is in the center of it is healing. Oh, yes. yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, like that has, that has been, that has been like a key turn that has showed up mm. is healing. You know, it's really about healing oneself, healing one's community, uh, healing one's community through oneself. Mm. Right. Yes. And I think maybe the second word is community, right? Is I agree. that 
these are the two things that decolonization is about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think like a lot of the conversations we've had with guests, um, I'm thinking about like Dr. Crystal. Yeah. Um, definitely Candace. Oh my gosh. Our last Candace. Episode. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've been not saying Candace's name and I just should have been <laughs> saying Candace's name, but like y'all, if you yeah. haven't listened to the Candace episode, like just yes. stop right now, yeah. go back, listen For to sure. the Candace episode and then come back. So many because- nuggets. And like, God bless, love. Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> and and I also think about even in conversations with Brittany. Uh, I think about that so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Brittany also, Brittany has this way about her of just like shedding light somewhat casually, but like really brightly, you know, yeah. on like the things that are actually important for sure. Oh yeah. I think those three guests in particular for me really brought to the forefront what healing is, how healing um, works and what it isn't you know yeah. I really can vividly remember uh, Candace stating how do we actually heal in the midst of a system that is continuing to pretty much like break us right yes is that even possible is and impossible um, you know how she's pushing against wellness and that whole industry that would convince us to believe that healing is really like disguised by escapism Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's really important. I, I, I agree with you. Um, healing is an integral part of decolonizing, but what does it really mean? Right. And I really love that Candace planted that seed with us in the last episode, um, mm-hmm. because it is in a lot of ways, it's an illusion to think that we are able to heal while we're in, in a part of systems that, you know, are designed to keep to- us you know? Yeah. Break us to break us and keep us bound. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think like, I want to hold that and what Brittany said about travel at the same time, Yes, Yes. you know, about like, cause I think Brittany said something similar and that like traveling allowed her to notice the binds that were existing in our society. That was like helping Mm -hmm. keep us mentally and physically suppressed right and that like by going out and having to readjust and having to look at everything separately differently Mm -hmm. that is how you know it's like oh this is the real problem the problem isn't that I'm not like reaching high enough or going deep enough or like doing the work the problem is that the system sucks absolutely yep and and that brings to forefront you know what Dr. Crystal shared about uh righteous rage and how we have Uh. a right to be angry and infuriated you know Mm -hmm. we think about our different identity markers and she talked about going out and feeling like she's constantly you know sexualized just from stepping outside and like how that weighs on you day in and day out um while also recognizing that even though the traumas that we've experienced and the pain that we've endured it's not our fault it is our responsibility to heal um so we still have to do that work and so um yes Healing is so key and yeah. it's something that I think it is a a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong process. Right. Um, definitely not a tick off. No, not at all. I think, honestly, since we're going down the, the line, I think what you said reminded me to what Aaron uh, had said earlier Ooh. in the podcast about like uh, self-hatred being uh. an effect of like a colonizer mm-hmm. phase, right? And that, mm-hmm. and that that love and that love of oneself can be seen as like a part of a healing kind of structure, healing frame, like how that is a part of also separating ourselves from what's going on around us. Mm. Thinking that's such a good point. point. All right, Um, you know, let's hear it. What do you got? (laughs) 
So my first one is, uh, my major takeaway is I've uncovered the importance of some things that have always been, I would say, in the back of my mind, but have really come to the surface that I need to explore more. So like several of my guests, I'm thinking about um, Jasmine, which was my first guest, Omo, um, again, Candice, um, even Dr. Crane talked about ancestry, um, nature, how we make an impact and how we sustain meaningful change. Um, and then what influences someone to embark upon such a journey or exploration of unlearning in the first place? Like, how did we all get here in the first place to where we came together to have this conversation? And that has been, I think, the most empowering for me um, in just knowing that there are so many people who are out here doing the work of exploring their own, you know, lineages and, you know, interacting with nature in a way like that allows them to become one with the spaces that they inhabit. And so for me, I think that has been probably the most impactful so far. Um, and the, one of the things that I'm the most grateful for up to this point. Yeah. I think what, um, Candace said about nature in particular, mm -hmm. um, really resonated me really resonated in and within me like within and outside of me in a way that I hadn't quite like put my finger on I have been lucky enough to have an experience a few years ago where I like got to really get in touch with my ancestors in a way yeah. that like um beyond the shadow of a doubt changed how I thought about like being a person who's alive in this moment right like mm. we're not just a person that's alive in this moment we are an accumulation of everyone and everything who has came before us right mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we stand on the shoulders of giants because we are giants ourselves Ooh, I love that. right and if god made us in our in his image then we are gods right like we have the power we and i think that's another thing about thinking about how we've come to this place right how we are having these conversations right is that like if we see it, we can make it happen. If we yes, want it, right. we can make it happen. And I think yeah. really like the work of this podcast is about seeing it, spreading it, and then thinking mm -hmm. about like, okay, now that we see it, what do we do with it? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And in so many ways is there's a, this responsibility even for us yeah. to take and pick up the torch um, that our ancestors have left for us and to do what we can within the time frame that we are here. Uh, yeah. That takes me back to Adib Borden, 15-year-old CEO um, who started CEOs of color to empower um, other young people to start their own businesses mm -hmm. and how he talked about the fact that he is where he is today because of all of the people that came before him and poured into him and let him know that it was possible no matter what he was dealing with um, in his life. And he dealt with a lot of trauma. Um, the same with Jawan Hall Bertrand. You know, he's a political figure, uh, but because his grandmother decided to start a small nonprofit in Inglewood, um, he saw that, you know, growing up and he saw the organizing efforts of, you know, his grandparents. You know, it, it's it's something that um, for me, I come from a family that isn't very tight knit and I've always felt like I've been trying to put together the pieces um, and at some point just kind of gave up because it was exhausting. Um, and mm -hmm. it seemed like no one really had all of the information in one place and I would have to go here and there. Um, but this really rekindled for me, like the importance of tapping into that. Like, what is it yeah. that, 
you know, my, my, my grandparents, my great, great grandparents um, would want me to know today, right. Yeah. That I can pick up and that I can say who, what about who I am today and how I show up is a result yeah. of the work that they put in. Yes. You know, all of those things is super right. important. And I'm really inspired to do that. And not only for me, but for my kids and help right. them to start young. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's like, I think sometimes I think about, I mean, I don't, I also don't come from a tight knit family. I think mm. like the, my part, my like unit of my family was kind of separated from um, the folks who, who they were originally attached to, right? Like I grew up yeah. ac literally across the country in both directions from both mm. my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family, right? So we like, didn't really see each other. I didn't really grow up with aunts and uncles around. Yeah. Um, but like my dad really told me stories and I, and those stories are the things that like help me feel connected, right, in some ways. And I think that's also what helps me think about, you know, you said this, you said this about one of our guests, but like who poured into him, you know, yes, like, he, like pouring yeah. into our children, yes. pouring into our youth collectively, um, which I think also makes me think about um, how obviously huge a role education plays in all of this. <laughs> Right. Like Ooh. we have a huge and I think like as black people, as we have discovered as black people, we have a responsibility to our ancestors. Right. In order mm -hmm. to like move farther than That's they right. did, pick up the work. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think also we have a responsibility to our kids in a way that that maybe our, our ancestors never showed to their kids. Right. Yeah. Like we have to be different. That's right. That's right. And it goes right back into healing again. Yes. Because when you heal yourself. <laughs> Then you, you heal, heal people your, around you. That's yes. right. And you do the generation. the generation. Yes. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, we do this work for like five generations ahead, you know? Like yeah. we don't do this for ourselves. The What we are doing is so, so somebody right. else mm -hmm. that they heal, right? Like that's all that this doing. And, and we can't, and I think that's the other thing about being black and American in particular, right? Like black yeah. and America seems so diametrically opposed because like mm. America has this rigid individualism that right. will probably kill us all you right. know <laughs> you know and I think like the idea that healing is something that happens collectively is I think something that can save us oh so true too what are some of the what are some of the other things that are top of mind for you just in terms of um things that that might have shaped your perspective around what decolonizing means or, um, you know, any takeaways from some of the conversations we had with guests that uh, may stick with you as we go into this next phase of the podcast? Jeez. The question is, what will not stick with me? <laughs> That's the question. Um, honestly, I think, I think I've said a lot of them is, mm -hmm. I, and I think, and I think maybe there's just more ways to reiterate it, to connect yeah. it to all of these things. But I think the importance of mental health, oh. right? Like we've talked to like several therapists in a row, which in yeah. some ways has me crouched in a corner breathing heavily. <laughs> um, and in other ways right. has me thinking outside the box, right? Which mm -hmm. is great. Mm -hmm. I think, I think Brittany, I think it was Brittany who mm -hmm. said like, no one can change your life, but you. That's right. Yep. Right. Like, I, I think that's the thing about Brittany that I appreciated yeah. knowing Brittany in the world and that I appreciated like hearing her on the podcast is that like, she reminds you that the power is in your hands. The power has yes. always been in your yes. hands. And I think yes. like, uh, and I think that I've 
I really want to, that's one thing that I will, that I will take, right? Yeah. Is that like, if we have the power, if we do indeed stand on the shoulders of giants, because we are the giants ourselves, then we have everything that we need to change everything mm-hmm. that we see. Yeah, that's so true. Or at least make a big enough problem for the people who can change it so that it does. Oh yeah, for sure. That was definitely something I remember talking about with Brittany. Um, and she mentioned that uh, even when it came to her breakup, you know, something as um, important <laughs> and as impactful, uh, but you know, it, it was the awareness that I can't change somebody else. I can only change myself, right? I can't yes. control that person. And even Rachel touched on that in our episode um, on are you feeding and taking care of your soul um, when we go into spaces for mental health support or when we go into therapy offices, um, expecting for someone to be able to solve your challenges for you. Um, yeah. Several of our guests have touched on that. I Rafika, talk- Rafika talked about that in seeking um, support through Reiki and she was going to a therapist and she was looking mm-hmm. for everyone to give her the answers to things that were sitting right in her lap because you know, she was not in a place where she was either ready to explore or it was too challenging or felt too hard at the time. Uh, but definitely the importance of mental health is something that has been reinforced in all of the conversations we had uh, with our guests through the course of the podcast. So I would that. also like to attach the term in terms, both in mental health and to connect to earlier key terms of healing, um, generational healing, right? Oh. Like, Yes. <laughs> Rachel had talked about it a little bit. And then I feel like Candace really came in with a sledgehammer and just like <laughs> tore us up with it. But right. but generational healing. Um, yeah. and we just talked about it, right? But I just wanted yeah. to bring the term into the into the space. Oh yeah, no, I agree. I agree. That's super important. And what does healing look like? Um, when we think about this is the work that our ancestors did, this is the work that we must do, this is the work that our children and our children's children will do. But healing looks different for every phase and every generation, yeah. you know, within uh, whether it's the the space, the resources, the community that you're able to build in that time. And, um, you know, every generation looks at the one before it and has fingers to point. But the reality is it's the, the way that the world continues to change and we continue to evolve demands more and more from each uh, generation. And so it is so important that we pick up that torch and we do that work. Um, especially as people of color, just knowing our history um, of enslavement and trauma and oppression um, in this country. Right. And I think it's important that we separate what the work is, right? Like the Mm. work, the, right, the emotional and mental work, not like, don't work for the man. Oh, yeah. You know, (laughs) (laughs) let's have a work. That's right. (laughs) Like, you know, it's like the work on yourself, the work in your community, the the work work on your relationships. Mm -hmm. I think I say this, I say this partially as a like, you know, specificity but also as a like (laughs) I have to say that to myself a lot I think yeah and I think as educators generally right like we get really caught up in the job because because the job can feel like a part of who we are my job feels like a part of who I am you know um and but however (laughs) it's still a job and if Mm -hmm. it will take everything from you if you let it and so what how do you separate um the value that you get from doing this thing and, you know, doing other things. I also like to think sometimes about like what life would be like if we weren't um, in late stage capitalism, right? Slowly boiling to death on a planet. Mm. Um, And I think, and I think honestly, even if I was brawless in a field, like I would still be teaching. (laughs) 
you know? I love it. I love it. Like, okay, honestly, I think I'm supposed to be braless in a field doing art. That's like what I'm supposed to be doing, right? right. With my life, yeah, right? And I think also because of who I am, I would be a teacher because I think that's a part of who I am, right? Mm -hmm. But I think, but I think that's the cool thing about teaching, right? We can think about what education might look like outside of capitalism and what education looks like in capitalism and then maybe try to make the difference. Bridge those worlds, yeah, in some way. Yes. I love that. I think I just brought um, in a lot. My bad. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. I think when I think about the truest form of education, I always think it's experiential. I think it's yes. us being one with nature, us getting out into the world and truly yes. learning through exploration and discovery. And somehow we just wound up in compliance based classrooms. And um, it's not a mystery. We know why. We know, we know why. It's rooted in. Um, and, um, <laughs> it's the same reason why everything is like this exactly um but I love when you talk about that because that that's the way we should be dreaming about that's education a, that is the way we should be thinking about and school. I, right and I think also I mean people on the podcast probably know this by now but I bring everything back to sci-fi um and I think that's <laughs> the thing about science fiction right it yeah. the the main tenet is like if we can dream it we can do it and mm -hmm. so I think it's worth dreaming mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know it's that's worth right. it that's right. Um, it makes me think about Robin G. Kelly's Freedom Dreaming. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you if you had a chance to read that text, but it's just a powerful text. It's, it's just about, you know, dreaming freedom and um, having the opportunity to create spaces for our students to uh, imagine what their education could look like and feel like and what is school for them. No one ever asks them that question. Um, they're always being told how to behave and, you know, forced to comply. Um, and so I love that. You just really brought it back full circle. Yeah. I mean, um, I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to speak on uh, another thing that came up for me as I was reflecting yeah. on takeaways. And that's really been my awareness around like the indigenous experience. So mm -hmm. I think generally um, in my life experiences, um, in indigenous stories, movements, already existing things that are happening, in the indigenous community still feels, it has always felt largely hidden to me um, and under-recognized in so many of the spaces. And I'm like, I'm an educator, right? I've been in multiple, you know, um, sectors of the education world and yet and still these are conversations and this is information that you have to really search, search for. for. I mean, really search for. Um, and so this is something that I want to continue to explore and encourage others to as well. Um, and it was my aim, especially in the beginning of the podcast, uh, my first episode um, and a couple other episodes, which is the one on, on the holidays um, in general, really like to bring some awareness to um, the indigenous experience because there's so much truth in um what they experienced and how like our experience as African-Americans is like parallel to that. And that's actually what led me into um, this podcast. It started with a yeah. book called Decolonizing Trauma Work um, mm -hmm. by an author named Renee Linklater. And she is an indigenous woman. And she talked about the experience of decolonizing trauma work, uh, therapy, and what it has taken for the indigenous population um, to really do that and how they yeah. needed to reconnect with, with the truest essence of who they were, yeah. um, which it has been a journey. And it's still, it's going to be a lifelong thing because the right. trauma that they've experienced has been 
I mean, there, there's no words for it. And no. um, as I was reading that text, I was like, man, I was highlighting everything because I'm like, there's so many things that, that resonate with me as an African-American woman when I think and, about, you know, our yes. journey as well. Yes. And I think there's yeah. like, I mean, um, so like I'm Afro-Indigenous and mm -hmm. I think I, uh, I, I guess, I guess that's like one thing that I think I've known for a long time is that the African-American experience and the indigenous experience are so closely linked. Yes. And then I got really into history and I learned that there's a reason for that. And it's oh, yeah. because, right. And it's because like Native Americans or indigenous folks were killed as we were brought in and killed, right. right? Like, like we, and also indigenous people were enslaved in the same ways that we were enslaved, but the colonizers didn't care enough about either of us to differentiate who was indigenous and who was African. And mm -hmm. so we kind of ended up mixing and matching, yeah. right? And yeah. I, and I also think a lot of our work as like African-Americans is about connecting ourselves to the land, right? Oh. Because like, uh, those, this whole thing, right? America broadly wouldn't be here if our blood, sweat, and tears and bodies That's weren't right. in it. Yes, yes. Right? And I think um, the same goes for Indigenous people. And mm -hmm. I think the more we realize that we have more in common than we do separately, the better. And I think Candace brought this together too when she talked about how decolonization is like inherently about the land, right? It is, yeah. Um, and I think we cannot talk about the land without talking about Indigenous people. Right. Right. And so I think that's one of the reasons why the conversation is still so important is yes. because we need to have that awareness. And when we start to uncover, as you just said, like how our stories are so similar, that is where the unity comes in. That is where the yes. connection comes in. And again, I'm going to always bring everything back to my favorite quote by Leela Watson, um, where she she mentions that, you know, if your liberation is not bound up with mine. Right. We can't work together. It doesn't work. Yeah. If we don't see how our liberation is tied to one another. Right. And so it, it is super important uh, is. because I think those conversations aren't still like common knowledge. Uh, yes. it, it's it's something that I want to continue to reinforce that right. I encourage people to do their own research always. I agree. Right? I agree. Because as soon as you do, you learn a lot, which yes. is basically that everything that they taught you in history class um, is propaganda. It is. Right. It is. And that yeah. our and that like black indigenous Latino immigrant struggle has always been and will always be yes. tied up in each other, yes. right? Yes. And I think across the board, um, the female experience of that, the queer experience of that, mm. all of those go into like how separate we are, like how together we feel or how together we are in some ways, right? I also think it's important to realize that like, they, as in the establishment broadly, doesn't want us oh, to be together. Right. Because right? that's and how I think they keep us divided. And that is how they continue to, to oh, yeah. uh, exploit us and oh, yeah. to take advantage of all of our you know, insecurities right. for capitalistic sake. Absolutely. And I mean, that's one of the reasons why they got rid of Fred Hampton, right? Is that he had mm -hmm. gotten together Black people. He had gotten together poor people, Indigenous people, um, the migrant community. Um, and it was about to be a real problem. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like we're in a time uh, in our existence, I think, where... Ooh, what a time, what a time. <laughs> As a species, we are becoming... It feels like we're becoming more self-aware. Um <laughs> 
For me, Sorry. I, I think when we think about like the laws that are banning books now, um, you know, all of the pushback against inclusivity and race at a time where you can simply go Trying on to, to YouTube, trans people, right, and see uh, live footage of George Floyd, right? Like, there's you cannot you cannot contain information. Uh, we are in the information age, and so I think there is on the one end, the beauty of being able to become more self-aware. But I think on the other side of that, because we talked, as we talked about earlier, access to this information is at an all-time high. Right. And the conversations that are being had, um, some of them are so divisive and yeah. full of hate um, that it, it's, it's more important than ever to take ownership of um, not just taking in information, but seeking out truth, yeah. right? To, in our respective spaces, because every little bit makes a difference. Um, and so it's, it's another one of the reasons why I think continuing to have conversations about decolonizing, even if we begin to veer away from it, I want to encourage the podcast community um, to continue to do that because um, you have to be aware you are. Yeah. And, um, you know, Malcolm X said this, of course, and it still rings true, but you got to be careful because the media will have you hating those who you should be loving and you, loving those who you should be hating. Yes. Yeah. And voting against your own self-interest oh, your absolutely. own best interest don't absolutely. be that person you know yeah um I also feel like this brings me to a couple of quotes that I would like to bring into the space mm -hmm. one of which is stay woke <laughs> uh, yes simply thank you stay woke because <laughs> it, it's out here it's out here um and I think the other thing that I wanted to say I um, oh, it was going to be about whether or not we're more self-aware. I feel like in some ways we have discovered the the bounds, the ends of how much we can take, you know? And there was something about seeing the pandemic slowly but surely unfurl around the world and seeing the death happen and then seeing the racial violence that was happening on top of the death right. and how the death was itself an another form of racial violence. Yes. How we all just got to a point where we were like, you know what? We are not meant to see any of this or all mm. of this, mm. right? And like now here it is. And like we're like Jordan Neely, like there's videos of him, right? Like we don't need to be seeing any of this. What we need to be doing is making sure that none of this can happen again. Oh, that's such a good point. But why does it take? And that was a question I always had too, not to get too far off the point, but like why it took so much for the awareness of, like really what state we're in, like yeah. globally, but also especially as a nation, um, that it like opened people's eyes when they were able to experience or see like the whole George Floyd thing. Like for yeah. some people, like that was it, enough is enough. And I'm like- Which is like- It's been a, like, it's what? Been, what? It, like, I think The that's... fact that we got here is in Stay and of woke. itself just more of the reason why um, yeah. the self-awareness piece is what what is missing. You know yeah. what I mean? Has always yeah. been missing. And I think and, there's generational stuff too. When we think about assimilation mm -hmm. even. Ooh, yeah, um, and how like, I uh, that's been a big theme in my family is like, um, you know, I've been having conversations with like my mom and other, you know, people in my family about like the ways in which like they, and not at, of any fault of their own, but like in learning how to survive and in going into survival mode, like picked up so many assimilationist beliefs and behaviors. Yeah. Um, that now, like in my generation, I'm like, like, we're, that's problematic, y'all. Like, yeah, we're not doing that. The buck stops here. It stops here. And um, 
like that for a lot of people that I've had conversations with um, in my family, like the George Floyd thing was the thing that finally like helped them to see like, oh, it wasn't the saggy pants. It, it wasn't the hoodie. It wasn't, ah, I've been telling you this all this time, but how do we get They here? want to kill us, right? <laughs> like, they don't care. Exactly. Um, and so it always just kind of like blew my mind that that was what it took for so many people to really like become. But I think like you can't, and even though with, even with that, like you said, have people who, you know, that's still not enough, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, been in a, in a different place at a different time and all of the, the things. The Kool-Aid is strong in, with some folks, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I think, you know, like Harriet couldn't save everybody. Mm. right not skin not all skin folk is kin folk that's right right like right. i think sometimes and i think that's that's the thing about white supremacy it's a dangerous dangerous drug and i think that some people have sipped it a little too long where it's hard for them to come fully out of it <laughs> it's so hard T, it is hard. It's, it's I, mean, everything. I don't it's blame everything. them i don't We're blame addicted. them it's yes. everywhere right we are addicted. And, like, I also think, like, I don't know, I, in terms of, like, assimilationist beliefs, like, that really rings home for me. Mm -hmm. um, I think partially because of where I grew up. And I think I there was a mm. lot of assimilation that I did in order to, like, make it through. And Damn. I had no awareness Damn. of what was happening until I, like, had an eye-opening moment, you know, where I kind of realized historically where I was located, how I was located mm. in it, how I participated in it, how it was participated on me, right? Mm -hmm. Like... Like that was a moment where I was like, holy shit. Internalized oppression is a real thing. Listen, the way that internalized, <laughs> um, internalized like oppression, internalized homophobia, uh, internalized um, misogyny, the way that those had done such a number on me mm. in my early years, the way it does such a number on all of us yeah. growing up. Like, yes. I think we really need to talk about that. And I think yeah. that's another thing that we do when we pour into our children, right? Oh. We help. We help with that. I'm just going to call this episode healing because I'm going back <laughs> to the fact that that is why healing is so hard. And that's yes. why, and that's why so many people um, run away from it. Yes. Because it's hard it because it doesn't is, feel good. It doesn't. We start to realize like all my life I've been operating, you know, through, um, the indoctrination, the socialization, yes. the things that were, you know, simultaneously hurting Listen. me um, and putting this and projecting this off onto others. Yes. Um, it's really hard to take ownership for that and also to accept that you've been lied to yes. from the very beginning. From the and very beginning. It's just so much. It's so much. Yeah. Um. All I want to, well, there's like several things that I want to say. I want to start with all my life I had to fight. I like to start with. <laughs> Um, oh man! <laughs> and partially, I want to start with that because it's like, <laughs> yeah, we have, and also now we're fighting the battle like inside of ourselves. Mm. Um, it's an everyday battle, and it's an everyday battle. And I really yeah. think, like, I've been going through my own kind of like healing. I feel like we, I don't know, a journey feels like too soft. I feel like we should call oh. it like a healing shredder or something Ooh. because it really like it really messes <laughs> you up, like it, it jacks does. you up, like you, you know, you turn out better on the other end, but shit sucks you know yeah. um and i think I, that's accurate right <laughs> thank you <laughs> uh and i feel like and i feel like there's a part of it that makes me feel better when i see that like other people yeah. in our 
age range, right? Especially as like millennials as a, as a whole mm-hmm. is getting older, like how we are recognizing this and how Gen Z now seems to be kind of born with an innate sense of it. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. and it's cool to be able to see that happen. And it's it also, really is. and it's also nice to be able to like talk to people and be like, yeah, how are you holding up? And for them to be like, listen, I made it today. Yes. <laughs> and right. then for you to be like, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that too. I think just with, um, you know, like you mentioned COVID and becoming more aware of the state of our mental health and just like the yeah. fragility of it Ooh, um, the fragility. in a lot of ways too. Um, that has really, I think, created the space for us to be more authentic and to be more real in conversation with each other. Um, we lived yeah. through a pandemic. We like, survived a per- pandemic. We yeah. are currently surviving a pandemic. Here. We're still yeah. here. And honestly, like, I think um, the fragility, I think is so interesting because I think it, uh, is an exact counterpoint to resilience. No, actually, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. I'm sorry. Let me back up. I don't know if fragility and resilience are a counterpoint, but I think they are connected and that we are both so fragile and yet so resilient. Because you know? we were never meant to endure what no. we're enduring, right? And like, yet, this is yes, the people who had, the people who had shipped us over here from Africa would be appalled. Mm. And mm. thank God for that. I mean, I personally live so Thomas Jefferson can do somersaults in his grave. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like they would have, they would hate to see where we are now. And I think we, you're right. We were never meant to survive this. We were never meant to get through this. And here we are. And I think collectively, even though we all know the kind of problems in our communities that we have to overcome, right? We all know the problems in other communities that yeah. <laughs> that are core to overcoming. And yet we rise, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, <laughs> after all of that, I want to share and and I want to give. Um, firstly, I want to I want to name a couple of things because there were some really powerful conversations I had that I didn't get a chance to to reference yet. Um, I want to talk about um, Janice Dadzi's episode on conquering our emotions. And how self-regulation was one of the tools that she talked about um, and who and what you surround yourself with on that journey to healing. Um, yes. Or that process of healing um, is super important. And that's something that comes back up to me regularly when I'm thinking about like days when I'm feeling drained or exhausted or low. Like what was it that was in my space recently that did that to me? And I can always pinpoint it. Um, and so I just want to, I want to shout out Janice Dazzy for that. Um, that tidbit because that really that really stands with me um, almost daily, and I go mm-hmm. back to that that conversation in my head um, with her. Um, but uh, after all the conversations that we've had, and um, special, I think we could just go keep saying this throughout the episode. Uh, definitely special mention to Candice um, for um, reminding us of the importance of specificity when we're talking about. Um, the term decolonizing because of the impact, yes. right? Yeah. Um, that can have on um, the need for, you know, um, stewardship, ownership, yes. um, and stop sovereignty of the land um, to indigenous folks. Um, yes. whom it was it was stolen from, um, and so that really, you know, made me, uh, you know, want to really today kind of 
be very specific about what I mean when I say decolonize. Yeah. Um, and I kind of mentioned it in my first episode, but I think it's important to come back to it um, because there have been so many different We've tips. had a lot of defini- definitions yeah, recently. Right? And so when I started the podcast six months ago, I had a working or what I thought was a working definition of decolonization. And all of the interpretations that have been shared by the guests who came on and spoke to decolonization from their own perspectives and their understandings of the term have been extremely helpful. And the critique that was offered by Candace was also very um, enlightening. And yet I still believe it's a more nuanced conversation. I think it's bigger than anything we've been able to bring to light through the course of the podcast and in our conversations here and in general, as I've continued to do my own research online, not just of the article that Candace shared, but of other interpretations of what the word decolonize meant by indigenous-led movements and indigenous groups and people, I realized that it is an ongoing conversation. What does this term actually mean? Who should use it? What should it represent? How do we honor the sacredness of this word and its origins and its intentions? And so with all of that considered, I still think the conversation is much bigger than us. I still think it has is multi-layered and it will continue to unfold. And I just ultimately continue to encourage the podcast community to do their own research. And so I am just as humbled today as I was six months ago when I attempted to understand what this term means. And I'll state again, as I have stated in so many of my episodes, I am not the holder of knowledge and I'm honored and grateful to just be in discussion with every single person who has given us their time and their energy and their insights and wisdom. I think it's all equally important, regardless of our guest backgrounds. Um, I think their knowledge is, is powerful. And so I am going to attempt to define in the most specific way, my understanding of decolonization. I'm, I'm really speaking more about uh, the mental, the spiritual, and the emotional, and even cultural, I would say, mm-hmm. process of becoming aware of the influence of colonialism um, on our behaviors, on our actions, uh, the ways that we think. And I think for me, it's less about trying to go back because I think originally I would have said at the start of this podcast, it's about going back and reclaiming things that were lost. I do think there is a part of that process um, that is important. And and I talked about, you know, ancestry, but I also think for me, it's more about moving forward with the new awareness that I have about the impact of colonialism on the way that I was socialized, the way that I was made to think about myself. um, And, you know, this is something we touch on a little bit, and I definitely think it's a forthcoming episode, but 
just even the ways that white supremacy impacts our white counterparts, right? We oftentimes speak of them. They're not okay. Um, you know, and like also as much as, you know, you can be an oppressor, you can be oppressed. Yeah. Oppressed oppressors is a thing. And um, we don't talk, I think, we haven't talked a lot. And I, I'm really eager to have more conversations about the ways that white supremacy impact white people. Um, but with all of that knowledge, you know, how do we move forward? Yeah. Because, you know, time doesn't stand still. We're constantly evolving. Mm -hmm. And we have to take that information and we have to integrate it into the world that we live in today. Yeah. Um, that is rapidly changing, especially with access to technology and all of this information. Um, and so, yes, settler colonialism has is the specific type of colonization that um, I aim to want to be able to free myself from and the lies that we believed as a result of that for survival purposes. Um, yeah. And knowing that we can, we, we have the ability to do more than our ancestors did. We do have freedoms that they didn't have. And so what can we do with this information um, with the time that we have now to, to live in a way that is more liberated, yeah. um, to bring more awareness and to speak up and to call out systems and structures that continue to uh, reinforce these, these narratives of control and subjugation that are just not true. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, that is what I mean when I define uh, decolonization. Uh, and I, I think it's important just to really, to state that clearly. Yeah. Um, is this my turn to state? Absolutely. I'm, I'm ready. I want to okay, hear it. Cool. So I think, um, again, shout out to Candice. Yes. Can't wait to hear you, to have you back. Um, I think for me, I want to be more... When I talk about decolonization, I want to be more um, specific and I want to be more intentional about connecting it to indigenousness, indigeneity, and the land, right? Because I think that without that, we're fucked, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we got to have the land. We got to have the land. Um, I think for me, decolonization is also kind of about how do we disentangle ourselves from American settler colonialism, right? And um, and also how can we go back to the past and black to the future, right? Mm. Like that's what, and I think that's what I'm interested, that is what I think decolonization is. It's about unfurling ourselves and kind of noticing the ways that um, white supremacy about how settler colonialism has like changed our ways of relating to ourselves and others and challenging that, right? Yes. And I think, and I want to have, and I want to think about decolonization as an effort um, for all of us, right? Not just Black folks. Right. A, yeah. Of like, of of doing this work and, you know, and opening it up so that like, like we do our work, everybody else do, does their work and like we can liberate the land and ourselves mm. and the children. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh <laughs> okay. So I think this is a, this is like, this leads me into the question of like something that I would like to hear your answer to, mm -hmm. which is um, now that we've kind of done this reflection work and that we've yeah. like been thinking about what's been coming up, like how do you want to practice the emotional, like spiritual sense of decolonization in your life? How are you and like, how are you doing it? Yeah. So there's so many ways. And I think it's, firstly, I think it's a lifelong 
process. Um, and the reason why I say that is because I don't think that we can escape, nor do I think it's helpful. Um, I think the reason why we are here at this time is because we have a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I embrace that. Um, the For me, the first thing is the awareness, right? And so I believe with all things, it starts with the question and it starts with curiosity. And so I want to be curious. I also want to be open to um, how this may evolve over time. But for me, it starts with the awareness of like, what it is and how has it impacted me? What are my beliefs around? Like how we operate structurally, systematically um, in what ways has that served me? Has it served the land? Has it served us collectively? Um, And in what ways has it caused division? And uh, for us to believe in, as Candace called it, the lie of separatism um, because we're never separate. Um, And so I think first in starting with the awareness, that leads me down the path of, um, you know, healing, uh, which I think is another part of it. Um, healing for me personally has looked like um, reconnecting with, you know, as I mentioned earlier, my ancestors, which is something that I've never thought about prior to this conversation. Um, it has also really looked like introspection for me. And being okay with like not shaming and guilting myself for the ways in which I have assimilated and the ways in which I have adopted whiteness or um, I've learned to survive, right? In, in so many Hell ways. Yeah. Um, and so like shame and guilt play a part. They are important. You know, I don't demonize them because I think that they, what they tell me is I don't want to be in that space anymore, mm-hmm. but it's not something to, I can't allow myself to linger in that space. So once yeah. I feel that, then it's about, well, what do I want to do differently? How do I want to show up differently? What is more true to who I am? What makes me feel like the truest version of myself? And I think that continues to evolve and change, Um, which is why I say for me, it's less about going back because if I'm honest, I don't know a lot about where I came from. I just don't. I know about myself as an an African-American woman, right? Born and raised on the South side of Chicago. And, um, I know what feels true. And so it has meant for me becoming more intuitive. Um, and, yeah, you know, Candace mentioned this as well, you know, listening to nature, being in tune with nature, um, because that teaches us a lot um, about stillness, about listening, about intuition, um, about connection and community and how we thrive and survive together. Um, but it also means constantly making myself knowledgeable and aware. So learning, engaging in dialogue with others. Um, and as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, it's become less about what the word is and more about like, what are the ways that I need to be living, right? That reflect the self-discovery that I'm able to embark upon in terms of a journey. So um, those are the ways in which I, I, I'm currently doing it. And I think that as I take each step, I become more aware of like, kind of like, what's the next level of this thing? Okay. How do we unlock that next level? Um, as we continue, as I continue to, to learn what this process is for me. Yeah, absolutely. What does so, that look like for you? Um, I think there's a lot of things that you said that I think I want to echo. Um, and particularly about awareness, right? Mm -hmm. I think, 
I think there is about, there's like a thing about awareness um, for me in which like, I want to be more aware about how, right, my own biases play out in my life. I want to be more aware um, and more gentle with mm -hmm. myself. Yeah. And I think like, I think um, for me, the ways that I want to practice it within myself is like making different choices and being gentler with myself, mm -hmm. right? And like resting and like actually resting. Yeah. Ooh, that part, I forgot about that. Yes. Ooh, yeah, I know. Resting, see, it's so easy to forget about, but then your body won't let you forget about it. Yeah, your life won't let you forget about it. <laughs> no. no. Yeah, so, you become, it becomes evident that you needed to rest and this is why. <laughs> right, and this is why. And so I, um, and so I think that's it. And I think I want to be, um, I think for me in my life, there's like a, a big difference between my brain and, um, you know, my body, right? Or my brain, like my physical reality of like being a human who like lives in the world um, and seeing or like knowing things and feeling things. There seems to be a disconnect for me there. So I think there's a, th a lot of things that I know that I don't feel. And I think maybe that's the moment for me. Oh, that's real. That's very real. That resonates with me as well. Yeah. Sometimes I don't even know that I'm not feeling it, but I'm just like, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. right. Like it's all up here. It's all up it's here. Not anywhere and not else? In here. Not in here. None. <laughs> here. Yes, literally. I'll have it never left the brain. My my partner is at the exact opposite, right? So she's very oh. in here, like very in here, and not like secondarily in here, right? Mm -hmm. And I am primarily all the time. I'm like a highly theoretical thinker, right? I'm like in mm. here. Um, and then she's like, how do you feel? And I'm like, Ooh. feelings? <laughs> I'm supposed to feel That's something right now? I know what I think, but feeling is something that I don't even know. I don't even know about, right? Uh, <laughs> and how did we said. learn maybe to disconnect from that? Because I don't believe that was always my experience. I believed I learned how to turn that off for purposes of, of survival. And I'm trying to bring that back. Right. Because I have it, but you know, yeah, like I, 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 I've recently been thinking about that a lot, actually. It's yeah. like, I am a feeler, but at some point I learned not to feel Yeah, because it was overwhelming or I didn't know what to do with it, or I didn't feel like I had the tools to then do something with it when I did have, you know, the awareness that I was feeling something. So uh, I'm trying to be more in touch with, with that and be more yeah. in my body and yes it's coming up for me now it's like it's in the beginning it, it feels like it's challenging because what I am feeling now is when I feel like anxious I can I can identify that in my body now when right. I feel anxious right. um yeah I didn't have the language before but it's right. something that I'm like okay this is this is good as much as I don't enjoy it <laughs> it's good because I'm feeling and I'm becoming more aware of like I don't have to quickly label something as, you know, something logically in my mind and then turn and then off. Right like, off. No, yeah. right. right. Like, like you have I to feel it. Anxiety right now. Now, what do I do with it? Right. Right. So it's, it's, it's powerful and it is, Ooh, that's such a good point. Yeah. Being in one's body. Absolutely. I haven't really even thought whether or not, like, that's something I'm going to think about. Like, have I always been this way? Did I d adapt this way? Right? Like, that's such a good question. That's yeah. such a good question. And I think like for such a long time, um, you know, my therapist tells me all the time that like, if you feel the thing, it'll be easier than running away from the thing. 
That's right. You know, and I think my first instinct is to always run rather than sit. So I, and I think like, you know, a part of this, and I think this is like nitty gritty healing stuff, but I think as, you know, we've already made the connection that like, we have to do this for ourselves in order to connect to the larger, that's right. the larger thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. So as we wrap up, um, I just want to share that moving forward with the podcast, we are really excited uh, to um continue to engage in meaningful conversations with our guests, uh, with each other. Um, And there have been so many really good topics that have come to the surface that I believe we have a good platform to kind of exchange our views on. Uh, Several guests we want to invite back. Definitely, we've already told them. So uh, (laughs) they will be hearing from us very soon. Um, And we want to continue to disseminate significant work that's being done. I think that was an unexpected part of you know the podcast and I just started you know having conversations with people I was like hey why don't you come on my podcast um and it was really more of like a highlight of some of the work that they were doing in our city and I think that's important too because all of it inspires me and um I'm you know I think if you're anything like me you're looking for inspiration you never that never gets old so Mm -hmm. um, I definitely want to continue to bring people on uh but we are going to take a little bit of a turn because um what we've done is we've been able to kind of like, I think, you know, share our perspectives on what we think decolonization means. Um, Mm -hmm. And also this is a bigger conversation and it's, there are so many other, you know, things that people have shared with me outside of the podcast. They're like, Hey, you need to talk about this. And I'm like, okay, so that's it. As we continue to move forward, that's on our radar. Mm -hmm. I also think, you know, like we are at a great moment because this is about, um you know learning right that's <laughs> what it always has been. right learning always. like taking in new information considering it and then doing something differently yes. and I like that yeah yeah absolutely I love because I think if, bringing it back yeah absolutely because if we can't learn then what are we doing here that's right that's what it's all about that's, that's about what it's learning. all about so um so we're going to continue to learn from from you all um and we're going to continue to learn from each other and I just want to say again T super grateful for you, for your brilliance, um, you always bring, you know, fresh ideas and perspectives to the podcast, uh, which are really important. Um, just how your mind works. It's like, whoa, what's happening up there? You got a lot going on. So I do. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Um, and um, yeah. So I, as we wrap up. Um, I just wanted to say thanks. Uh, oh, for you know, sure. I, I'm just happy to be here. I'm just happy to be here. I'm just happy to be here. This has been <laughs> fantastic. Um, and I just being in conversation with you, with all these fabulous people, I'm I'm into it. Ready, ready for more. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, and as we get ready to plan for our next episode, um, we want to continue to hear from you, podcast community. Um, any ideas and feedback that you share, how you're experiencing the podcast. Uh, please do take time out to leave your feedback, to rate us. Um, all of that is helpful and yes. continues to give us direction and and support. I would also like to end today's podcast with telling the podcast community uh, that we both came on the show today with uh, black t-shirts. Ina, <laughs> would you yes. like to tell what yours is? Mine says protect black women. See, that's what I'm talking about. Yes. Um, And mine says, Octavia Butler tried to tell us. So on that note, beautiful podcast community, we will catch you next time. That's right.
Hey listeners, I just wanted to take a moment out to say thank you. We have the deepest gratitude for your support and your willingness to listen to our episodes on the Decolonize to Thrive podcast. I'm also asking that if you have just a few seconds that you take a moment quickly to rate and review our podcast, whether that's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It would mean so much to us if you left your feedback about how the podcast has impacted you or anything you might have learned so far. Secondly, we ask that you do share and follow our Instagram page at Decolonize to Thrive. And finally, we would love to feature your thoughts in a subsequent episode. And you can share those by leaving a voicemail at 312-843-3033. Or you can email your thoughts to decolonize to thrive at gmail.com. That is decolonize number two thrive at gmail.com. Again, we thank you so much for listening and we appreciate your support.